Amen. It takes more than spot remover to clean a sinner. Would you agree? Leprosy, the sentence of living death and dead living. The I wills of the Lord continue today. Adam opened us up a couple of weeks ago with conversion, and now we're going to cleansing. We're, we're talking about salvation here. As we'll soon find out, leprosy and sin are used synonymously, leprosy being an illustration of what uh, physically of what sin does spiritually. So with that in mind, let's stand at the reading of God's Word. We'll be in Luke chapter 5, and we're going to, uh, to chew on two verses for a while. Two verses. Luke chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. While he, Jesus, was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Father, your blessing on your word today, please, that we may find the application of these wonderful truths and may they be inscribed upon our heart to transform the way in which we live. For your glory and in your name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Leprosy. Here was a man who needed to be healed, cleansed. He was a leper. Among the Jews, there were a number of skin diseases that were classified as leprosy. We have a modern disease called Hansen's disease, which would be comparable to that. But in spite of all the modern medical advances, uh, there's an estimated 10 million people around the world that still suffer with the disease referred to as leprosy. One form of leprosy attacks the nervous system. It's particularly uh, damaging, evil, because it robs the victim, it robs the person of feeling pain. He cannot, she cannot feel pain. So infection can easily set in. It leads to the degeneration, literally, of the tissue. And limbs can become deformed. And excuse my graphic description, but I want us to capture this. And literally, appendages, fingers, toes can literally fall off. And they don't know it. They can get their feet in a fire and be burned and not know it. I read a, a great book one time going through a difficult period and it was about the gift of pain. The gift of pain and how God can use pain for our benefit and his glory. But if we don't feel pain, we would have no clue that we're injured, folks. This dreaded infection forced the victim to live apart and others, and, and, and they, would, they were commanded to cry out. If someone even came near them, they had to cry out, unclean, unclean, stay away, stay away. The leper ran up to Jesus, violated the law, by the way. But it's evidence of, of faith that he held. 
When you read the test for leprosy in Leviticus 13, you, could, you can see how the disease is a picture of sin. And, and like sin, leprosy is deeper than the skin. It spreads, it defiles, it isolates, and, and it renders things fit only for the fire. That's what would happen to the clothing. It would have to be burned. Leprosy was used by Isaiah as a picture of sin. And the detailed instructions in Leviticus uh, chapters 13 and 14 give us a, a, a lengthy description of the procedure in maintaining public health when a leper was around. Folks, it was a horrible disease. It was a living death, a living death, and it was dead living. There was no hope. There was no hope. So now the leper comes to Jesus. Our first point to consider is the audacity of the leper's bold approach. As I mentioned a moment ago, this was forbidden. What he just did was forbidden. He, and I would suppose that he even had to work his way through some crowd to even get to Jesus. That was typical of Jesus' travels. There were always people around. So this leper makes his way through the crowd, through all of this stuff going on. And let me read again. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man, notice, full of leprosy. Notice that, full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. The man came too close to Jesus. And as we see, he was in arm's reach. We'll, we'll pick up on that in just a little bit. I'm sure he had to pass by other people. Clear violation of the law and his restricted isolation. But this man is desperate. You will often do desperate things when you're in a desperate situation, won't you? He was full of leprosy. And this, this could have been a horrible sight. Missing fingers, twisted, gnarled hands, even missing hands. Facial sores so deep the flesh would be falling off. Feet twisted, toes missing, possibly an ear is gone. Folks, I'm describing in horrible detail what Jesus was looking at. The man was full of leprosy. And there would be a stench of the rotted flesh, the filthy clothing, the smell of death. The smell of death. But you see, we have just described physically what sin is spiritually. It's a sentence of death. And it stinks. It's rot. It's rot. It's decay. And if we can't find cleansing, we will die in that rot and decay and be sentenced to an eternal life of death. You see, hell isn't the annihilation. It's conscious living. Only in torment and sorrow. But folks, the issue here is what Jesus can do. <laughs> That's the point. But he came boldly. Brothers and sisters, this is the way we come. Not arrogantly, but confidently knowing that in true repentance, Christ will receive us in that terrible, horrible, rotted condition. He, he receives us and forgives us. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4 says, seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, 
Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one was at all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And here it is. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. This is what the leper experienced. He came boldly to the feet of Jesus, and he's going to find mercy. And he's going to find grace. And I promise you, by the authority of the Word of God, I promise you that if you do the same thing, you'll receive the same thing right now or anytime. First John says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteous. The leper violated every law in the book, but grace is about to prevail. Secondly, the intensity of the leper's desperate appeal. This isn't any wimpy prayer, guys. This, this isn't a, a, a mushy-gushy, you know, sweet words prayer. This is one of those, help! Have you ever prayed that prayer? Have you ever prayed that? Help! Don't have time to make up, up anything else. Help! He fell on his face in desperation or in shame or both? Was his appearance so revolting he did not even want the Lord to see his disfiguration? Have we been there? Watch out. Have we tried to tuck things away in places that the Lord may not see? Have we tried to hide or cover up things we're not sure we want the Lord to know about? Give up. Give up. Just like the children's sermon, he already knows it, he already sees it, and guess what? He still loves you, and he still loves me. But what we have here is a picture of true repentance. Let's look at an example from Luke 18. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, another a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed this, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. Which man? This man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Don't try to seek the forgiveness of sin telling God how good you are. Just tell him you're a sinner. Just tell him you're a sinner. That's the way it comes. Listen again, please. As he drew near to Jericho, does anybody know this story? A man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. What can I do for you, Lord? This is what I want you to do for me. 
Be merciful to me, a sinner. Be merciful to me, a sinner. The desperate plea of a convicted sinner. It comes down to this, falling on our faces before the Lord Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, have mercy on me. The leper shows us a bold approach. He also demonstrates a desperate appeal. And then number three, there is the certainty of the Lord's divine ability. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged to him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. That's certainty. That's certainty. Lord, if you will, not if you can, if you're able, but if you will, I know you can, will you? Why do we come to the feet of Jesus and confess our uncleanness? Because we know he cares and has promised us to forgive. That's it. He's promised. And that's the problem with some of the, 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 the name it and claim it heresy. It, it, it demands things from a God of grace and mercy. He's imploring Jesus. He's not making demands. He's not telling God what he'd better do, nor is he making empty threats like, God, you better do this for me or I'm going to stop going to church. How about that one? Got God shaking in his boots now. God will not be mocked. He will not be threatened. You cannot force God into doing anything for you. He can do anything for you, and there is nothing wrong with imploring him, begging with him, pleading with him, boldly coming before his throne with request. That's a good thing. But we should never demand things from God or attempt to threaten God into doing what we want. Be careful. Be careful. As we prepare for this final point, note that this event is recorded in three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And Mark notes that Jesus' response was with compassion. We have a bold approach. We have a desperate appeal and divine ability. And now the immediacy of the Lord's compassionate action. And folks, this is where we're going to pitch the tent for the closing of this morning's message. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see one of the most incredible, indescribable moments in Scripture? It's right here. It's right here. The divine touching the detestable. The divine touching the detestable. How many years had, had it been since someone had hugged this man? How many years had it been since somebody touched him? How many years had it been since someone done something as simple as give his shoulder a, a loving squeeze or a pat on the back. How many years do you think it had been since this man had been touched? He couldn't even pet a dog. He couldn't touch anything or be touched by anything. Jesus knows this. He knows it. And so he put out his hand and touched him. In fact, the word is much stronger than that. In the Greek, it literally says Jesus took hold of him. 
took hold of him, and maybe he put his arm around his shoulders. Maybe Jesus embraced him. Jesus could have healed the man without touching him. He could have stood from distance and spoke the words of healing, but he laid his hand on a, on a cruelly diseased man. He touched him. He does the most bizarre things sometimes. And yet, out of his compassion, he knows what this leper needs. Just as much, if not more, than he needs healing, he needs to know that he's loved and someone cares. Oh, the healing will be wonderful, but what he really needs is love. The pure, the righteous, the holy son of God touching a vile, diseased, decaying leper. Oh, my friends, have you experienced that touch? Have you experienced that touch? We are the leper. We are the leper. The divine, the holy, the righteous, the pure cannot approach us because of our disease called sin. And he certainly cannot touch us, yet we see in the scripture it happened. It happened. I was in Rome. And I got to be honest with you, I never had much appreciation for fine art. It was pretty, it was nice, until I spent some time in northern Italy and I actually became somewhat of a lover of, of great art, especially the old stuff. But I was at the Vatican and I was standing in the Sistine Chapel and I was looking up at Michelangelo's great portrait. Do we have that, guys? Did we get that loaded? The hand of God reaching down from heaven, touching the hand of Adam. There's just a, a minor, minor little gap in there. And I want you to understand something. That little gap between God's finger and man's finger, guess who lives there? That gap is Christ. That gap is Christ. That's God's point of contact with humanity. That's his point of touch with humanity. The point where the finger of God meets the finger of man is Jesus Christ. And he's the only way you're going to get to the Father through Jesus Christ. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, the Apostle Paul says, Evil lies close at hand, for it I delight in the, in the law of God and in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells within my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thank be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his Son, by sending his Son, his own Son, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You see, under the law, Jesus just became unclean. He touched a lover. So by the law, Jesus is now unclean. Can you imagine that? 
But you see, he had to touch the unclean because the cross is all about him bearing everything that is unclean for his righteousness. Do you see it all come together? Come on, somebody get excited. <laughs> That's what this is all about. Yes, God touched the unclean because there was a point in time and Jesus was very close where he was going to be hanging on that cruel, rugged cross and everything in humanity that was unclean, defiled, putrid, rotting, filth and stench, everything was placed upon him. And he bore it for you and for me so that we could become sons of God. Sons of God. Children of God. We live in a land that's full of right seekers. Well, God's given us one, and it's all you need. He's given us the right to be called children of God. Amen? That's it. There's so much in this story. And, and, then Jesus does something interesting real, real quick. He charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing. He did this. Jesus is slick. You know that? He's slick. He's cool. Right? He really is. Because he just put the religious institution on alert. What are they going to do with this guy? They had a requirement in the Pharisaic law that, that, that said one of the clear signs of the Messiah would be that he would cleanse the leper. Well, they hated Jesus. They wanted to kill Jesus. And now here's this leper that's been healed by Jesus. They got a problem. I love it. They got a problem. If he really is Jesus, what are we going to do with him? If he really healed this man, we are faced with the results of our own test. And he may just be who he says he is, Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah. Oh, my brothers and sisters, he is our only option. He is our only option. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the Son of God and only Savior of mankind. He is our healer and our hope. And this thing called sin, this horrible, horrible, horrible disease called leprosy is a sentence of death without the relief of dying. And Jesus says, I'm going to step right into it. I'm going to step right in the middle of it. And I'm going to touch what is unclean. I'm going to touch what is defiled. I'm going to touch what is rotten. I'm going to touch and I'm going to heal. That's how you get saved. That's how you get saved. But you see, you've got to bring that leprosy to Jesus. You've got to bring this disease called sin to the feet of Christ. And say, Lord, if you will, and I know you can, heal me. Oh, God, heal me. Oh, God, have mercy on me. And you'll be welcomed into a new, abundant life just like that. Just like that. I'm going to ask Dwight L. Moody 
to provide our invitation today. Is that okay? Of course, he's been dead for a long time, but I know where he's at. A man of God, most certainly with the Lord that he loves so dearly. I want to read this by way of invitation from D.L. Moody. Now, if any man or woman full of the leprosy of sin, read this. If you will, but go to the master and tell all your case to him, he will speak to you as he did to that poor leper and say, I will. Be thou clean, and the leprosy of your sins will flee away from you. It is the Lord, and the Lord alone who can forgive sins. If you say to him, Lord, I am full of sin, thou canst make me clean. Lord, I have a terrible temper, thou canst make me clean. Lord, I have a deceitful heart, cleanse me, O Lord. Give me a new heart, O Lord. Give me the power to overcome the flesh and the snares of the devil. Lord, I am full of unclean habits. If you come to him with a sincere spirit, you will hear the voice, I will. Be thou clean. It will be done. Do you think that God who created the world out of nothing would by breath put life into the world? Do you think that if he says, thou shalt be cleansed, you will not? Now you can make a wonderful exchange today. You can have health in the place of sickness. You can get rid of everything that is vile and hateful in the sight of God. The Son of God comes down and says, I will take away your leprosy and give you health. In its stead, I will take away that terrible disease that is ruining your body and soul and give you my righteousness in its stead. I will clothe you with the garments of salvation. Is not that wonderful? That's what he means when he says, I will. Oh, my friends, lay hold of this. I will. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. Father, these powerful truths that, that illustrate just so precisely these truths that you want us to lay hold of, that we are sinners and we need a Savior. And the plea from Jesus is, come unto me because I will. <laughs> just come unto me, you who are weak and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Jesus says, come. And when we come with that repentant heart, Lord, have mercy on my soul, we will hear the words, I will. And your life is about to be transformed in the twinkling of an eye. Because when Jesus says, I will, it is done. It is done. So, Father, thank you for your son, the love, the grace, and the mercy that you have shown us, and your pursuit of having a relationship with us. Thank you that you are the one that reached out to us first so that we could respond and be saved. In Christ's name, amen. Let's stand for our song of invitation. And it's very simple. If the Holy Spirit has diagnosed you with leprosy this morning, then I would suggest you come to the altar and be cleansed.
it would be the right and most Christ-glorifying thing you could do. And I want you to just think for a moment of that arm and that hand coming down out of the clouds of heaven and touching you. You. Touching you. The creator of heaven and earth, the one who has hung the stars in the universe and knows them by name and number, he wants to touch you today. 